0: It's Cofield and Company
1: No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy The man has unstoppable energy Steve Cofield
0: We like Steve
2: (laughs) But we don't love Steve
0: It's Cofield and Company With Steve Cofield On ESPN Las
2: Vegas And we know it Because we feel it in our bones
3: for the 5 o'clock hour. Friday, 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 Friday. Oh, boy. COVID, up your... Man, I'm tired of talking about this stuff, but we got a ton of cancellations, postponements. If you missed it, breaking news earlier in the day. Three Raiders, check that. NFL games moved. Raiders, one of them. No Saturday game for the Raiders and the Browns. Uh, You now get to uh, leave work, everybody, on Monday. Thanks, NFL. Thanks, COVID. Two o'clock start. Two o'clock start, our time. Raiders and Browns on Monday. Seattle and the Rams move back. So is uh, Wolf's football team, watching the football team, and the Eagles move back to Tuesday. We'll get into all of that, the reasons it's happening. Who do we blame for the COVID outbreak? Lots of anger, lots of fun and frivolity. Football players on both uh, sides of No, actually not on both sides of the line. we got a tight end coming up and a premium right tackle uh, coming up in terms of their football experience all in this 5 o'clock hour.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents
3: the Big Five at Five, number five. So last night, the Golden Knights got the smack around Adam Candy's Devils. Tonight, it is the Rangers, and uh, so far, a 1-0 score. I bet you it changed already. I bet you it changed already. Did it change already? No, it's one nothing. end of the first, as uh, VGK comes into the game playing some pretty good hockey. But last night... Ripfest, bgk gets out to the good start and then we had a little drama then we had a little drama we had a
2: little fun is what we had we had a little bit of old school hockey at the end of that game devils came back made it 4-3 give up an empty netter and lose 5-3 the gold knights have won six of their last seven national hockey league games uh, they continue to Score at a very impressive pace, but that's not what I cared about. That's not what was fun. That's not what was old school. We had a Donnie Brook at the end of the game. It involves all of the players except for Mackenzie Blackwood, the devil's goalie. And when I point Mm. out one goalie, Mm. it's because the other goalie, Robin Leonard, well, that was one angry panda. You don't want to be on the wrong side of the angry panda, Steve. Uh, Robin Leonard got thrown out of the game by the by the referees because he took off his helmet, he, talk, he took off his gloves, and he went around looking for someone to fight. Say it. Say it. Say it. You want to say it.
3: But I'm not going to say it. No, no. No, say it. Go ahead. I was actually doing my kung fu move more based on the fact that if uh, other NHL players don't know, uh, Robin Leonard, in an effort to slim down, from uh, bulky panda to not-so-bulky panda, uh, has been working in the world of MMA in town. So he may have learned some new moves and may have a little uh, next-level bravado in terms of mixing it up. Might have wanted to show it off a little bit, huh? I'd
2: say he's got a bit of an advantage, though, with uh, all the pads he's got on getting into a fight. But I'll tell you who the most impressive Golden Knight in this entire fight was. Alex Petrangelo. Oh. Alex Petrangelo looked like... He was auditioning for the WWF, and I don't care if they call it the WWE now, because I grew up with the WWF, and that's what it'll be forever. He was auditioning for Vince McMahon. When McNabb got into it with Geertsen from The Devils, you know who number two was in for the Golden Knights? Pounding on the ribs. Alex Petrangelo. He's already made himself endeared to Golden Knights fans by actually playing better in year two. But uh, I'd say that's another way that you can warm your way right into the hearts of Las Vegas is throwing some blows. Old school.
3: Number four. Last night's game. Oh, it was a freaking hoot to watch it. Chargers, Chiefs. Staley sucks. Analytics people are stupid. Put it in quotes. They did their victory lap last night. The anti-analytics people candy. Brandon Staley is a moron. You sure
2: that you want to give me the floor with only, what, 55 <laughs> minutes left in the show to talk about this? Because I'm not sure it's going to be enough time. Um, let me just go back to one tweet that I sent out last night because I'm, I'm not a frequent tweeter. I'll, I'll, of course, retweet all of our show tweets because I am a company man. Uh, but I don't go crazy on the tweet machine. But last night, seeing all of the idiotic takes in the wake of the Chiefs beating the Chargers in overtime just set me off. Uh, Lewis Riddick from ESPN. But uh, hashtag Chiefs offense has adjusted to the soft too high schemes. They have the answers now. Look out. I said um, the Chiefs with eight minutes left in the game had 13 points. Uh, those who want to say Brandon Staley was an idiot for going for it when he should have been kicking field goals. By the way, before we even talk analytics, oh, how long ago it was, two years, three years maybe, when we were saying that to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the highest flying, highest scoring team in the league, you know what you can't do, Steve Cofield? You can't kick field goals. You cannot kick field goals against the Kansas City Chiefs or you will lose. You have to be aggressive. John Gruden, The most notorious red zone field goal kicker in all of the NFL during his time as head coach of the Raiders went crazy going for touchdowns against the Chiefs. So now we flipped all the way back the other way. Why? Because we're prisoners of the damn moment. To say that Brandon Staley made the wrong decision to go for it. Well, one play was a fumble. One play was a pass that got batted down that had a wide open receiver. And Brandon Staley responded the right way after the game. Brandon Staley said after the game, you know what, this is how we play and this is how we will continue to play Mm -hmm. and it's not some macho bravado quote, it's numbers and math and data because if you want to talk about Mm -hmm. analytics, if you want to talk about the percentages that help you out, the percentages that say if you go for it, you gain X amount of win percentage versus kicking. The only way those percentages work is if you make the same decision over and over again. If you are a poker player, you can't randomly decide which ones you're folding and which ones you're going to continue playing your strategy on. If you're a blackjack player, you can't do a different thing on 17 when the dealer is showing 15 every time and think that you're gonna get the percentages in your favor. You have to do it the right way every time. That's what Brandon Staley is doing. There are games he's gone three for three on fourth down and given the Chargers a much better chance to win. If you can't adjust to the simple idea that people have looked at outcomes and said, here is the best way to maximize your outcomes, and it has a name you don't like in analytics, then get out of the way, because coaches like Brandon Staley are the future in the NFL, and you, with the Neanderthal thinking of the moment, say, well, look, they left nine points on the board. You're the same people who were yelling about, you have to go for touchdowns to beat the Chiefs. Well, you know what? He went for touchdowns.
3: Number three. How do you respond to the overtime rules suck crowd?
2: You either want college overtime or you don't. That's it. Do you? And we've adjust- No. We've adjusted the rules already. We've adjusted the rules to say that a field goal can't beat you. And I agree with it. A field goal should never beat you. A field goal where a team gets a kickoff return to the 30, gets, what, two or three plays and gets 40 yards and kicks a 47-yard field goal, that's a crap way to lose an NFL game. But there are two sides to the ball. Play defense. You don't want to give up a touchdown. Play defense. That's how you win the game at any other time is play defense and keep them out of the end zone. So why should that change in overtime?
3: Number two. All right, what did you think of the reversal of course? We heard all summer long that there would uh, would not be any games being moved. Forfeits were at hand. A key word in that statement from the NFL during the summer was outbreak amongst unvaccinated players. Uh, the NFL won't indicate to us uh, how many of the Rams and football team and Browns players are vax versus unvaxed. So I guess we just assume almost all of them are vaccinated. Why did Raj go back and change what he said? <laughs> Competitive principles. You agree with it, right? I agree
2: with the NFL's decision to move the games back. Yes. Um, As of two days ago, the NFL reported that 94.6% of players are vaccinated. Um, Since you were holding my feet to the fire on that number earlier, I went and looked it up. 94.6% of players are vaccinated or are lying, as Steve Cofield told you earlier. Um, I'd say what Cofield thinks that at least what half of them
4: fake fax cards is that how many it
2: is i didn't say that I'm, i'm asking you no i'm giving you a chance to i'm giving you a chance to weigh in here anyway i believe that the uh the idea of competitive principles was made clear when they said if you are not going to do the right thing for your team for the business of the nfl and for society at large by getting vaccinated then we're going to allow you to forfeit Because we're not going to give you any sort of competitive advantage if you don't do the right thing. 94.6% of players in the NFL have done the right thing. So why would they then come back and punish an organization if nine and a half out of every 10 have done the right thing? That, That doesn't make sense. It's kind of like I used to hate it when I played sports like in high school and we would run gassers in basketball and... 13 of the 15 guys on the team would be able to finish it in the required amount of time and two wouldn't and we'd all have to be tweet tweet get on the line all of you get on the line hey i did my job i can't make him run faster there is no amount of teamwork that can make tubby down there be able to finish this gasser in less than 30 seconds i can't do it you want me to get behind him and push him same thing with vaccination. I can't get behind somebody and push them
3: to where they get the shot in their arm.
2: So why should the NFL punish the entire team?
3: Number one. Mark Davis speaking on the Raiders game being moved back to Monday, being moved back to Monday against the Browns. He, t- uh, he told Paul Gutierrez moving the game back two days is a, quote, competitive disadvantage to the Raiders said that his team is 100% vaccinated, has no one on the COVID list, had been preparing for a cross-country trip on a short week. He said health and safety is always number one, but it's tough. Maybe Cleveland should travel here. That would make it more fair. Davis, as many Raiders fans also mentioned last year, when the entire starting offensive line was in flux against Tampa Bay, they didn't postpone it. They actually moved it further up. In the day. Candy? Mark Davis, you asked for Mark Davis to step up and be a leader and be outspoken. Here he is. Here
2: he is, Steve Cofield, and you hear me clapping. Good for you. Mark Davis coming out when it's really tough for him to be out front making excuses for his team, setting up the excuse if his team loses on Monday, saying they were at a competitive disadvantage. Nothing captures the spirit of football in the NFL, like setting your team up with an excuse for adversity. Good job, Mark Davis. You nailed it. There's nothing the Raiders do as an organization better than whine about the NFL. And you know what? When it was Al Davis, sometimes Al Davis had a gripe. But you know what? Al Davis also stepped up when he felt like his own organization wasn't doing the right thing. Al Davis wasn't afraid to call out his own people. Al Davis wasn't afraid to call out other people in the league. Al Davis wasn't afraid to call out the league itself. But here we have Mark Davis, the guy who refused to step out and say a word about his frat boy buddy, John Gruden. The guy who fought it and fought it and fought it when it became clear that John Gruden had no more room to be part of the Raider organization, to be part of the NFL. Wouldn't get rid of him until it was absolutely... Made clear you can't keep the guy, and then still came out and whined later about, Well, uh, the emails came out and they're out to get us. Yeah, they're out to get you, bud. That's exactly why that happened. It's exactly why this happened. It's a competitive disadvantage. It's a loser mentality. It is a loser mentality. You know what the Philadelphia Eagles said? Philadelphia Eagles put out a statement. They said, the NFL has informed our team that Sunday's game against the Washington football team has been postponed to Tuesday. We'll communicate with our fans in the coming days regarding pertinent game day adjustments. Cool. Covered it. That's about it, right? That's all you can say. It makes clear that we're not happy. We've been informed. But Mark Davis was answering the phone from Paul Gutierrez to talk about competitive disadvantage when he wasn't answering the phone for anybody to talk about his racist, homophobic, misogynistic coach, because this time he had the enemy he likes, which is the league. And this time he got to give his team cover for losing the way they have for a month now.
0: It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000.
3: You know, when we have a quarterback like ours and we have an offense like ours, that's the way we're going to play because that's how you need to play against Kansas City for sure. And that's how uh, we're going to become the team that we're ultimately capable of being is by playing that way. But I felt like our guys laid it on the line tonight, and I'm very, very proud of them for that.
0: Now back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Studio. We wish you a merry Christmas.
3: Come on, Candy, you can do it. yeah (laughs) that's
0: what you can do there it is there it
3: is (laughs) can't do that part nor can i uh all right so we hear brandon staley uh, you know for the most part it's probably been a freaking hornet's nest if uh brandon staley walked in any radio studio today and guys actually had the sack on them to say to to staley hey your analytics sucked not this show not this show we embrace analytics let's see what Another one of our football-playing friends, a former football player, smart guy, Anthony Becht, thought about last night. So what do you think, Anthony? First of all, how you doing? Happy holidays.
4: I'm doing great, guys. That's Happy quite, holidays.
3: Quite the, the lead-in. Well. Quite the lead-in. Uh, I, I drank too much spiked eggnog and then mixed it with some coffee. I'm all over the place. But uh, analytics last night. Staley's like, hey, we are consistent. We are going for it. Is there room within the plan, Coach Staley, to veer a little bit? What do you think, Anthony?
4: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, listen, man, you got you to gotta take points, especially early, early in the game. Um, it was critical. I feel bad for the players, man. I, like, yeah, I know that's how they've been doing it, but I think it's, you know, that you could also say that, you know, maybe the way you did it in week three or week four is a little different than when you're talking about, okay, this is an opportunity to maybe win a division and get yourself in a situation where you can lock it up. It's going to be a close game. Maybe you got to have a little more sense of feel for your team as a coach than maybe going with the percentages of probability in that certain scenario. So, uh, listen, I'm, I'm a little old school. I, I think there's analytics as, as part of the game for sure. But I just think in those moments, you got to have a little more gut feel on certain things and, and know that, okay, look, points are valuable and you got to have them.
2: So my question has less to do than Anthony with analytics than it does with what kind of was the common wisdom for the last few years against the Kansas City Chiefs when they were high flying, which was that if you kick field goals against them, they're going to go down, get touchdowns against you and you're going to find yourself behind. So um, have we kind of shifted back the other way now or is it more a function of the fact that Kansas City just isn't the same offense now?
4: Yeah, no, they're not. I mean, listen, when you watch that game or watch them really throughout this whole entire season, and honestly, you know, really the last couple of years, just teams have got a little bit of a better blueprint of them is, you know, they really don't win too much in the actual framework of the play. Like, there's just a real lack of execution. I mean, all of their big plays, at least that I can remember last night, were off kilt plays. You know, uh, Tyreek Hill stopping and going back across the field and, and, uh, you know, Kelsey changing his route and the movement of Mahomes out of the pocket, and those things are great. But you think about a guy like Andy Reid, who, you know, obviously has an offensive mind like no other, and you're actually scheming for a particular defense and a look and, and a scenario. Very rarely is that ever happening for them. So I, I look the Chiefs. Mahomes made it happen. I mean, I, you know, a lot of the plays they schemed up that I thought were home runs, they actually didn't execute, whether it was the short... Uh, you know, uh, the throw up to the outside and the execution of those plays by the goal line, uh, you know, to me, I, there's still problems. there. So, yeah, I, this isn't the same Chiefs team. So I think, you know, the way your offense and teams playing gauges a little differently on how easy maybe you were getting yourself in a situation to score. So, yeah, in the past, that's been Uh, a real topic of discussion, but I just don't think that's that same kind of Chiefs team this year.
3: So Las Vegas uh, listeners can tell uh, you that uh, I'm a very glass-overflowing guy, very positive, very positive. Uh, Coming out of a game like this, I'm actually bullish on the Chargers and their chances the rest of the way. Like, I may even bet the Chargers right now to win the AFC title as the sixth choice at 14-1. to Can we look at yesterday with a glass-overflowing, glass-half-full attitude like – Hey, they were there. They were beating them. They split with them. The Chargers are still good.
4: Well, you know, you have a point, but the problem is if you just look at the actual landscape of the AFC, they're 8-6. Everybody else has to play their next game. Colts, Buffalo, Browns, Bengals, yeah. Broncos, they're all 7-6, and six. you know, and then you got Pittsburgh who's 6-6. I mean, it's just so close. I don't know how that all aligns with them as far as conference divisional wins and things of that nature, but you know, I know Indy has more conference wins than them, uh, and I know Cincinnati and, and Buffalo uh, have the same amount, and they play this week. So, look, man, it's yeah, you're right. They're as good as a team as there is out there. They just had a little inconsistency throughout the season, and obviously closing it out, again, if that's the style they're going to play and that's how that mindset's going to be as far as, those analytic moments these games are going to be close you've got to you know you've got to make crucial decisions i just feel like the coach put that team in a in a bad situation where i thought like you said you felt real good about how they played that game
3: the raiders owner mark davis feels like the league just put his team in a bad situation he's complaining about uh, this being a competitive disadvantage
4: what do you think of the league moving three games I think you got to do it. Look, nobody wants to go play a game when they're missing 25 guys or their first and second string quarterback. I mean, what kind of competitive advantage is that for anybody? I mean, you know, oh, oh it's just that—that's the luck of the draw, and you know, we're going to take advantage of that. I just nobody's nobody signs up. No fan signs up. I don't think any players do. They want to play the best, and you know, obviously, if it's uncontrollable things like COVID and and there's a spread and an outbreak, things happen. You know, 25 plus players. Is too many. So I look, at Mark Davis. I just don't. I, I wouldn't buy any of that stuff. I just, for me, you know, from from a player standpoint, I think players want to go out there, and and I know some players have said, well, you know, look, it's not our fault, this and that. You're right, it's not your fault, and it does put some teams in a little bit of a bind. It changes the schedule. It it gets you off kilter, but so does the other team. So I, I really think across the board, it's equal. You know, no no one, everybody has to feel the effects of the adjustments that have to be made, and I, I think it's just better. For the players in general, nobody wants to take these guys' money away because they can't, you know, play in the game or the team has to forfeit or doesn't have enough bodies.
3: How do you look, and we're talking to Anthony back the former <laughs> NFL player, and he's going to be on the Bucks and Saints game. How do you look at teams that are without their head coach? And uh, I suppose every situation is a little bit different. I mean, specifically, no Sean Payton this weekend in all likelihood. I mean, is that a killer for the Saints?
4: Yeah, no, That to me, that's a big deal. I think yeah. that's huge. I mean, there's a factor – when you're, you know, you got a Taysom Hill-style quarterback and the flow of the game. I mean, he—if anybody's involved in the in the in the ebb and flow of the game, it's Sean Payton, especially offensively, and uh, you know, not being on the field is a huge advantage. Now, look, nobody's picking uh, the Saints to beat the Bucks, even with the Sean Payton, but they've had pretty good success over the regular season here the last couple of years versus them. So uh, again, yeah, it's a big deal. I, I I tweeted it. I said, "Wow, that, that's." it's almost as bad as losing a couple of your key players because he's so involved in what they do offensively.
3: So what's going to happen in the game?
4: (laughs) Yeah, look, I I just think right now the Buccaneers are playing as good as anybody. Uh, Probably the best team right now. I mean, they're winning by double digits. I know that game versus Buffalo got close at the end, and they came back, and they kind of took their foot off the pedal. But if, if you watch the first half, it was just total utter dominance, both offensively and especially defensively. I mean, there's Josh Allen's in a boot for a reason. They, they ambushed them in the first half and I give him credit for coming back. But you know, Bucks right now are prime. They have the same amount, the same guys back. They've been in this situation and now Brady brings even more valuable information for this team and organization on how to repeat, how to do it again and lead the troops down that way. So, you know, look, can the Saints beat them? And something crazy can happen. Yes, I was in New York last week watching it live versus the versus the Jets, and and the Saints did not look good. And and the fact that Taysom Hill's only playing with roughly four four and a half fingers right now with that splint is it, it was tough to watch offensively. So, you know, Alvin Kamara can't beat anybody by the, by himself. And I think right now the Buccaneers have a huge advantage in this game.
3: The Saints could be one of those teams that needs a quarterback. Going into next year. I mean, there's nothing, there's no real uh, solution there. You know, Jameis, he'll come back, but, you know, they may be looking to get a franchise quarterback here close to home. uh, We were bouncing around a Colin Cowherd idea that uh, Derek Carr may ask to get out of Las Vegas. There may be upwards of nine or ten teams that would try to grab him. Where would you go with Derek Carr if you're running the Raiders?
4: Well, I think obviously. You know, how much you want to make us think about it. I mean, you you wait and see who they hire. You know, is Ritz-Bissachia the long-term answer? Is someone else got to come in? Do they clean house? I mean, everybody usually leans on the fact that that's what's probably going to happen after the season. And then you see, I mean, you know, there's some advantages for certain guys and certain coaches that come in on, you know, what what the potential could be. You know, I think Derek, uh, you know, Carr's done a a really good job. He was off to a great start this year. Uh, I think everybody believes that you know he's a guy that can take a franchise over the top. My question is, what else is out there? What else can you get? You know, speaking from Raiders fans' perspective, you know, I'm not putting my money on any quarterback coming out of the draft this year or next year's draft, to be quite honest with you. So, uh, you know, it's either a shuffle, a reshuffling of of players, uh, you know, quarterbacks throughout the league, or you know, you finally you figure it out, you draft, you get more pieces, and you get healthy, and You get a coach in there that's going to take you over the top. So uh, a lot of question marks have to be kind of filled in for the Raiders, not necessarily you know, what Carr may or may not be next year, but just how that that coach and who that coach is going to be long-term. And I think that's how you kind of predicate that answer.
1: I think if you
3: get rid of Derek Carr, then you have to turn around and go ultra-aggressive and be in the mix for Deshaun Watson, which is a weird one, Russell Wilson, and also Aaron Rodgers.
4: Well, uh, look, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, clearly is a guy that, you know, you, you kind of think hard about. Now, yeah. you know, what does he want to do? And and does he want to stick around? Does he want to leave? I would say if I'm him and watching Tom Brady's success, I would bounce. But honestly, where, though? Like, if he you know, he can't come to Tampa, you know, because that's the best spot. Like, where is he going to go to get exactly what he needs? A great offensive line and – and and the weapons that he you know wants around them uh, you know maybe Green Bay obviously through fault can build and then add the key pieces and say listen come sit down let's talk about it what's it going to take we got to get this guy that guy who do you want you know maybe they maybe they do that or maybe it's too late you know maybe it's too late but I do believe Aaron would you know if he continues to play and wants to continue to play what he does he wants to go somewhere where he can win I just you know you're you're talking about one hand on those teams or he could plug in. And are they available for him to come in also and play that position?
3: Anthony, uh, we know you're a busy guy. We appreciate you popping on. And you're on the Westwood uh, One Call of the Saints and Buccaneers, right?
4: I am, yep. Yes, yeah, Sunday night Excellent. football. Uh, look forward to it. Two two teams I'm very comfortable with. So should be a good uh, good game to watch.
3: Have a good holiday. Be safe. Thank you.
4: You got it, guys. Have a happy holiday as well.
3: There he is. Anthony Beck, former NFL tight end, on the call of uh, the Saints and the Buccaneers. Coming up next, we go out to Cleveland, where Adam Hill is now stuck for for four-plus days, and he'll get us the latest on the ground from the Brown side, and especially on the Raiders' side. Mark Davis is pissed.
0: Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota. Running like a Toyota. Oh, look out, Leonard just punched one of the devils. Look out, and then McNabb rushes in. He's going after Kevin Ball. Look out, Robin Leonard's helmet is off. The referee is protecting him. There's a big pileup. Robin Leonard punched Kevin Ball. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
3: Trusty
0: the snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes Made out of coal. Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow.
3: Ah, oh, the pre-holiday so shows roll on. Nothing buy better buy than a a having Adam car. Candy in and then making it an Adam's Family portion of the show. Adam Hill yeah. is in Cleveland. The game has been delayed to Tuesday. What's up, big
1: fella? Hey, four days in Cleveland. All right. (laughs) Let's go.
3: Well, everyone's sending you food tips, so that's a good start. Uh, We should mention that you said over and over and over again uh, you had an issue with buying a coat for Cleveland. Did you buy a coat or are you going with a hoodie for four plus days, you
1: dunce? Well, first of all, it's supposed to warm up uh, Sunday and Monday. Okay. All right. So I won't really need too much, I I guess. Uh, I'm going hoodie. Uh, I, I will say I'll, I'll sell him. I don't think he cares too much. It's not selling him under the, under the bus too much, but, uh, m- myself and Case Kiefer from the sun were on the flight this morning together, the red eye, and we landed, we walked outside and he looked at me and he goes, good Lord, it's cold. Here. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. It's cold, but it's not, it's not even, it's not that bad right now. It's supposed to be much, much worse tomorrow. Um, and actually that's maybe the underreported part of this whole thing. Uh, Weather much better on Monday than on Saturday, which may favor the Raiders a little bit.
3: Saturday is supposed to be what 42 and sloppy. Uh, Not wonderful on Monday, but no rain in 44. You know, before we get into all the the, the, the talk around moving the game back and uh, Mark Davis being mad about it, is there any chance that there is a silver lining here with some of the Raiders injured players? Like, is Darren Waller definitely out for 7 to 10 days from now? Or could he actually walk onto the field and be ready to go on Monday?
1: Yeah, it's funny, I was trying to reach out uh, to some people around the Raiders on this, and, and I, I'm not getting a whole lot of optimistic response. Um, right. Listen, Darren Waller, it's it's a really strange injury um, in that, you know, the timeline was not really known at first, and then they, you know, they wanted to see how he'd do. And when they got back from Dallas, he actually felt much better the next day than he did after they left Dallas. So there was optimism he'd be back soon, but then he didn't practice at all for two weeks Finally got in the pool last weekend Is starting to rehab. And Basace said the next step would be getting out on the field and doing some work. And we saw Waller out there one day doing work last week. So maybe, you know, he's on the road to recovery. But I don't think 48 hours changes a whole lot about Darren Waller's situation. Um, that's not to say it's impossible. Uh, but he didn't really seem like he was getting that close. Uh, the other two guys that are out for this week coming up, Denzel Perriman with the ankle. We haven't seen him at all. So I wouldn't imagine that he'd be out there. Uh, 48 hours, you know, uh, with 48 hours of grace period, and then uh, Trayvon Mullen, who uh, had, you know, had the setback, reaggravated his uh, his toe issue last week. The first week he came back off IR, um, maybe that's more of a possibility, but seems like they're probably going to be a little cautious with him, considering he was out for two months, came back for one game, and then got hurt again.
3: Take us through exactly what happened today with the move to uh, push the game back to Monday, because we had heard about forfeits, uh, you know, with lots of positive tests. We're not going to move the games around. We go back to last year. The Raiders got screwed on a Sunday. Game went from uh, Sunday night football to back in the day. Raiders fans are a little bit sore. What exactly happened?
1: So uh, let me start by addressing the forfeit part of that question um, because I think that was the one that was raised the most today. Forfeit was never on the table for, for multiple reasons. First of all, uh, go back and look at the rule. And I know Mark Davis today said, why are you changing the rules? They didn't change the rules. The rule before the season, three criteria had to be met to, to make a team forfeit a game. One of them was the outbreak had to be among unvaccinated players. Well, all of Cleveland's players that tested positive are vaccinated. Uh, so that wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen. And I was very interested and, and kind of confused by the Raiders players that were kind of putting it out there that this should be a forfeit. Well, if it's a forfeit, you get the win, but you don't get paid. Like, I don't think the Raiders players want that, and I don't think they necessarily know that that's part of a forfeit that they wouldn't get paid for this week. So um, it was never on the table. It wasn't going to happen. But what it sounds like is there was in, internal discussions in the league yesterday, should they push the game back? And the the answer was absolutely not. It's not going to happen. This won't happen. I talked to uh, some some very good league sources that said it's not happening. Because I was wondering, should I even get on the plane? And, the, you know, I was told it's absolutely happening as planned. It's going to go on on Saturday. Uh, so when I got here, the, the talk started to escalate. And I think what happened really was that it was more than one game. It was the fact that you had the Rams, the, the, the football team, also in similar protocol situations, uh, and the unknown of what was going to happen tomorrow, right? Where if you, you wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden there's six more Browns players that are in or, or eight more, they might not be able to field a team. So I think you know that decision was kind of the first domino to go, but I don't think it would have happened if they weren't also having to move two other games. I think if it was one isolated game, they would have kept it where it was, but with three games being so affected, I think they made the decision to move uh, all three of those games, and it's going to wreak havoc on you know the next couple of days, and really what they're doing is working out some new protocols. I think we're going to have new protocols announced probably Tuesday. Uh, it was supposed to be Monday, but I think now with the league week ending Tuesday – uh, it'll probably happen Tuesday. And they're kind of working through what to do. And I think part of the protocol is going to be it's going to be much easier to clear out if you're asymptomatic uh, and uh, vaccinated, which we saw some progress toward that yesterday. I think we'll see more on Tuesday. And and with that rule getting ready to be put in place, I think the league said, well, if we're about to change this rule, we can't you know impact these three games when this rule change is going to go into effect in a couple of hours.
3: So,
2: Adam, take us through what actually happens logistically now with the Raiders. When were they supposed to go to Cleveland? When will they now go to Cleveland? What they, or what, what do they do with their situation?
1: Yeah, so the Raiders were getting on the bus uh, at the team facility today when this was going down. Uh, from my understanding, they were told, stop loading the bus. Uh, we're making a decision. We'll have a decision within the next hour. So if you have to go um then we'll you know we'll let you know within an hour and you get on the plane but if not we don't want you sitting on a bus like uh, you know on the runway uh waiting to see if you're getting on a plane or not so uh, they were told as they loaded the bus it was las vegas time around 11:15 uh that that you know that discussion was going on that was about the time when the raiders were supposed to get on the bus and go to the airport uh and then shortly after that they were told uh not to get on those buses so it sounds like uh, they'll be at the f- facility tomorrow uh then they will most likely come to Cleveland on Sunday, uh, the day before the game, just like they were going to do in this scenario, uh, get up here Sunday, and uh, they'll they'll be around. The Browns do plan to practice tomorrow at 1130. I was just told about that. So um, they will practice. They'll get a practice in really their first practice of the week. Uh, they'll have tomorrow and then uh, get ready to, and get into the game on Monday. But it sounds like the Raiders will just push everything back 48 hours, essentially.
2: Mark Davis, of course, made the comments earlier today that you referenced talking about how this is a competitive disadvantage, suggesting the game potentially uh, be moved to Las Vegas. I said earlier, I feel like he's setting up an excuse for the team in the first place when the Browns might not be in all that much better of a situation when this game comes around. Maybe they get a few players back. Maybe they don't. We don't really know yet. Uh, What did you make of what Mark Davis said to Paul Gutierrez of ESPN?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I understand the frustration and I get it. And I think, um, you know, any team in that situation, the, the, obviously the um, the Eagles and the Seahawks have the same complaint to make. Uh, So I think if, you know, anybody that said this only happens to the Raiders, well, it happened to two other teams the same exact time. So uh, I I wouldn't look at it as, you know, targeting the Raiders or being punitive against the Raiders. Um, It just so happens in this scenario. That's what happened now. The other thing that could take place is the Raiders could have an outbreak. I mean, there's nothing saying that that's not going to happen in the next 48 hours and that the you know, the, the tide has turned and, and shifted the other way. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, it, it is a possibility. And I think that's the, the trouble that the league is in right now is that you start moving some games around. Um, we could definitely see this happening with other locker rooms. And then what do you do? Like, it, then teams start pointing out, well, hey, you did this with this team. You had this happen with this team. Um, it, it's a whole mess, but I, I understand Mark Davis's point for sure. Um, I also understand, you know, the, the other, the other side of things from Cleveland's perspective, they did everything they're supposed to do. Um, they were, you know, they had a fully vaccinated team. They uh, practiced uh, a lot of the things that they were supposed to be doing. Um, and so, you know, the, the case with the Broncos last year, when people talk about, cause I've seen people cite that, well, the Broncos had to play with no quarterback. Well, the Broncos were being punished. Because the Broncos cheated the system. The Broncos, if you remember, all took their contact tracers and threw them through them into corners so that they could, you know, gather as close as they wanted to. They were punished. So when you say, hey, the Broncos were punished last year, yes, they were. That was a punishment from the league that they had to play that game with no quarterback. So um, this is different and the league's treating is different. And I think the only thing that's been consistent is that things change on a daily basis, and you know, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion of what should be done, what shouldn't be done, what protocols should be in place, what shouldn't be in place. Those are all fair. The only ignorant opinion is people that say, well, last week you said this. Yeah, things change. Things change. And I think everybody has to understand that.
2: Adam Hill joining us from Cleveland, where the Raiders will now play on Monday instead of Saturday. And you reference the fact that the Browns, all of the players who have tested positive were vaccinated. That isn't enough for Steve Cofield. Steve Cofield says that there are players lying that he does not believe that the NFL has 94.6% of players vaccinated. So, Adam, why have you not done the expose on all of the fake vaccination cards turned in by the Raiders yet?
1: Well, that's that's tough to do. Um I think he suspects Get on it. media. I think he suspects some Raiders media as well of being in that category. Um Yeah, it, it's tough to say it again. You can still get it if you're vaccinated. People should know that and be clear. And God, I, I just want to jump through my computer screen at people on Twitter sometimes that are like, "I thought if you're vaccinated, you can't get it. You can. You're much. You're much less likely to be severely ill. And we've seen that. And in most cases with the Browns, I think uh, they're they've been mostly healthy uh, through this and asymptomatic. I know uh, of one player for sure that is not asymptomatic. Hmm. Uh, that is that is definitely sick, and I don't believe he'll be playing. Uh, on on Monday, anyway, uh, but most of them seem to be asymptomatic, and and I think that's you know the the work of the vaccine is to make sure people don't get you know sick when they get COVID.
3: Adam Hill is with us. Uh, one last thing on the rules and the policy, and you know whether it changed or not. Um, if it were say the Chargers or the Packers next week that run into these problems, and they have 15 people on the COVID list, eight unvaccinated, seven vaccinated. What does the league do? I would say
1: that that's forfeit.
3: I just wonder I mean, if there's was- a, I wonder if there's a threshold. And again, we're not here to play some kind of blame game. People have been very careful and gotten COVID. It it happens, right? Uh, but I just wonder. Um, And I think those are two of the organizations that are a little lighter in terms of, they may be, you know, if you're drawing down, dragging down the hundred percent teams, those may be two of the teams that have more unvaccinated figures. I just wonder what the NFL would do moving forward in those kind of cases.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a fair question. And like, it wasn't specified in the rules, um, what the threshold for a forfeit would be. It just says an outbreak among, among unvaccinated unvaccinated players. I would say, uh, if it's 7 if you have 15 and 7 are unvaccinated I would say that's an outbreak among unvaccinated players right. and you would forfeit I mean I think that's how it would work but again there, that was one of the the problems with the rule in the first place is that there was no threshold for you know what percentage of vaccinated means the outbreak is among vaccinated or unvaccinated right. it's tough it's 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 tough to say but I do think you know if if in this exact scenario you're presenting I think those teams will
3: forfeit. If the Raiders on Monday lose 23-21, Rich Basaccia goes for every fourth down, uh, leaves potentially nine points in field goals off the board, you will come in on Tuesday and just hammer Rich Basaccia will you not? <laughs>
1: I mean, how much time do we have to do analytics? <laughs> <We don't, laughs> this is we exactly don't, what we, I said when you set lot. me up to
3: talk about it. We don't have a lot, and I know you were going crazy on it, um, but you know, if that happened, Rich Basaccia did what we a lot of us have been asking him to do, which is be, you know, aggressive and follow. It's not even aggressive because I know you're going to crack me on that. Just follow the numbers and go yeah. for it a lot more on fourth down. Uh, he would get killed just like Staley's getting killed.
1: Right, but Staley hasn't been killed because it's worked for the most part. And by the way, yeah. here's the the really crazy thing about Staley last night. Uh-huh. It worked. Yeah. He went for it. So. I mean, I know people have a hard time processing this, but essentially he went for it on four fourth downs that would have ordinarily been, you know, quote-unquote field goal situations, right? That's 12 points. So why didn't you take the 12 points? Well, they got two of them. One resulted in a touchdown. One resulted in a fumble at the one-yard line. So, like, that technically should have been uh, another touchdown. So say instead of 12, they got 14. So that worked. That's how dumb people are.
3: Yeah, the, the poor execution is really what did him in, in the end, and the terrible tackling and angles on the on the Kelsey plays. Uh, last oh, the one. The
1: fumble. The fumble. And is the, and,
3: and and I'll also say, Staley, sometimes with the play calling, if you're going forward on fourth down and you've got three small running backs, I don't know that doing the dive or a run up the middle is the best thing to do, especially when your quarterback is six six and two hundred and
1: forty pounds. Come on,
3: come on. How right, we gonna close on yeah. this, Adam?
1: Then what happens if he gets hurt sneaking?
3: Topic for another day. Um, <laughs> you know, I never followed up with you last week. Uh, well, first of all, you're in Cleveland, so I'm sure there's going to be tons of good holiday sightseeing, so I look forward to hearing about those stories. Um, you know, last week you went to Enchant. Uh, what did you think about it, and who are you with? I, I didn't think about that. Like, did you just walk over there? You just drove out to Enchant by yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, it was cool, Steve. I mean, it's not my thing. I don't think I'd go back. It was fine.
3: Wait, they're I asked two questions. How was it?
1: I I didn't hear two answers. Uh,
3: How was it, and who were you with?
1: I mean, it was fine. Uh, There was some cool, like, you know, definitely some good photo opportunities at the place. Uh, There was a lot of nice families out there. Some people that were listeners that I said hello, you know, that said hello came up. It was cool. It was a nice spot.
3: A lot of those people actually gave me feedback. Wait, what? After seeing you out there. Wait, what? They, They said you were not alone. Oh, okay. did, did you did you did Adam Hill post a picture on Instagram? Anything? No, no. What's going on here, Candy? Something. There's some kind of secrets. What's going on here? I, know, I man. have no I, idea what you're talking. I don't
2: know what I, you're talk- I, 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 She must not be the best looking one he's ever been out with. he doesn't want us to know. <laughs> like, he doesn't God. want us to find out. What's going like, on? Like like if if this were top shelf stuff, he would be screaming it from the hilltops. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, don't think I gonna, see what you're trying to do. I, I it's not going to work.
1: Yeah, I don't it's, think you're going to get them to do it. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's fine.
3: But we did, we, we, truthfully, I did have some snitches out there who were like, yeah, so I had them.
1: Well, oh, is that right?
3: Is that right? All right, well, make sure you put up all your Christmas pictures, all your holiday settings and scenes from Cleveland up on Instagram because we want to follow the trip.
1: I saw a Christmas tree made of kegs. That was the most Cleveland thing I've ever seen.
3: Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. But seriously, put up some pictures because we all may want to go for four or five days next December to go to Cleveland. Sure. Rock and roll Hall of Fame, baby. There it is. There it is. All right, Adam, we appreciate it. Talk to you guys. Coming back in a minute with uh, Adam Candy as we uh, will get to the last couple of thoughts, leans and likes around the National Football League. And there is some breaking news in the NBA, like real kind of shocking breaking news.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. The big day is Wednesday. Cofield and Company's Festivus. I think he's a good
1: quarterback. You yes he's, yes, he's 29th best in the NFL. That is an amazing player. Day. That's, day. You're right. No, I'm oh, compared to every other quarterback in the world, he's unbelievable. All the we guy is, is fantastic. We just want to win but 29th games. in the NFL is 29th in the NFL. All right, all right. Are they going to the playoffs? Yeah. So that means who, who's with with what was on pace to be the easiest schedule in the history There's a lot of, of good the NFL back that's not gonna make it to the playoffs. Do they have the easiest schedule in the history of the NFL? The easiest schedule in the history of the National Football League.
0: Wednesday, during Caulfield and Company call in to give the guys the business on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: So many reasons to hate on Adam Hill. That's one of them. I'm sure Pritch will call in and mother blank him up and down the phone line. Next Wednesday Festivus, next Wednesday Festivus, next Wednesday Festivus. And now what we've done candy because we often get complaints like, oh, I didn't know it was happening." You know, everyone's not listening to the radio all the time. Uh people are like, "Oh, I'm busy that day. I can't call in during that time period." We've actually set up a co-field and company Festivus line where you can leave a message. And you can go after anyone on this show. I highly recommend going after people on the other shows. If you have a beef with them. Uh, the number is 473-0050. 473 Candy? Yeah. Um,
2: I want to just say bring it because last year I ended up with a quote about me that is still in my Twitter bio because I loved it more than anything else that I heard on that entire show. Um, When I was told that I had the charisma of a fence post, I thought, yeah, yeah, he might not be far
3: off there. I'm sticking with that one. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. So call in live, or you can leave a message on the Festivus line. It's next Wednesday when we'll do this, 473-0050. Real quick, breaking news in the NBA. What exactly is now happening with Kyrie Irving? He is going to be welcomed back.
2: Yeah, the Nets are going to let him play road games. Crazy what happens when your team's not playing as well as you (laughs) want and you have players who are getting tired and getting hurt. Uh, Remember what they said back in October? Uh, He has a choice to make, and he made his choice. My job here is to make what we deem is the best choices for the organization moving ahead as a whole, said General Manager Sean Marks. Huh. Huh. I guess when Kevin Durant has to play 45 minutes a game, doesn't really matter whether Kyrie gets vaccinated anymore. The Nets
3: are a fraud. it has got to be room for flexibility, my friend. A little flexibility. This weekend, Westgate Football Central goes down. Sunday morning, it's the spot in town to check out the National Football League and bed and drink and eat. And We'll be doing a live show at 8 o'clock Sunday, football preview show. Join us.